Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. This is episode 43, Farewell CJ. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Royal Retros by 503 Sports. Royal Retros are the king of throwbacks. Royal Retros by 503 Sports provides a line of merchandise from legendary defunct leagues such as the XFL 1.0. If you've always wanted to get yourself a quality Las Vegas Outlaws He Hate Me or Los Angeles Extreme Tommy Maddox jersey, perhaps even an OG XFL's team's t-shirt, we have you covered. Simply click on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code Let's Talk XFL at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. This past week, the XFL did not make any official announcements. However, there is a development to cover. In addition, later in the show, I will be joined by wide receiver Aaron Nelson to discuss his football journey and XFL draft invitation. But first, we have that development to cover. So, let's get to it. On August 24th, now former XFL Director of College and Professional Relations, CJ Cavazos made the following post on his Twitter account. Well, I'm back to being at CJ Recruiting 1 full-time. God is good and has a better plan for me and my family. Good luck to all, and I wish you all the best. Now let's do what I do and help families live their dreams. I understand there are various thoughts on CJ's departure from the XFL. However, the league or CJ have yet to release a statement regarding the separation. Personally, I'm not reading too much into it. It is a good possibility this arrangement was designed to be short-term. After all, anyone who is familiar with CJ knows he owns CJ Recruiting, which is an agency that began in 1995. If you go to cjrecruiting.com, you will see that CJ is well-established and respected in the collegiate recruiting circles. If you listen to the testimonials, you will quickly realize where his talents lie. Seeing the bulk of the XFL recruitment and evaluation process has been accomplished and has been turned over to the coaching staffs, I do not see a need for CJ to remain on the league's payroll. Also, on August 24th, I made a guest appearance on the XFL STL talk show, where I discussed several XFL topics with host Jason, a.k.a. Dirty. During the segment, I shared my thoughts on unifying the alternative football community and media. If you have been following my at XFL Mike handle on Twitter, you know I am a supporter of unification and collaboration. If you would like to see my appearance, I recommend checking it out on YouTube or on their social media. I believe it is important to support one another. In the process, we will further learn how the XFL are operating in each of the eight markets and non-XFL markets. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by wide receiver Aaron Nelson to discuss his football journey and XFL draft invitation. Welcome, Aaron. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show to discuss your football journey and your pursuit of playing in the XFL. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to discuss everything. You played your collegiate ball at Division Three Delaware Valley University in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Can you walk us through your collegiate recruitment and how this opportunity came about? Yeah, so I never actually got recruited by Del Val. 
I kind of like essentially walked on because I seen like the kind of success that they had in the previous years and me going there. I saw they had a couple um a couple players get some tryouts to the league, so I figured like they knew what they were doing staff wise. I actually had like a couple like Division three looks. It was Lycoming College, which is actually in the same conference, and Susquehanna, which is in a different conference. But I really just walked on to Delval, and they they welcomed me with open arms. So I didn't play my first year there, but I started every year after that. So sophomore year until this past year. How was that experience, though? You know, a lot of people out there give D3 a bad, you know, rep. So, Honestly, you know, how can you speak of your the experience playing Division Three and whatnot? Honestly, it was great. Like, it was definitely a family-oriented program. And there was a lot of great athletes that came through there. A lot of Division One bounce backs. A lot of athletes that went there that could have played at a higher level, but, you know, either didn't have the grades or, like, off-the-field issues. But... Every day was definitely a grind. Like the competition was there, and we definitely had the more experienced coaches. I would say that definitely got us ready for you know day in and day out of the grind. Just to kind of give you a little bit, I understand the D three world because I played D three soccer, so okay. I got a good understanding of what it's all about. A lot of people though don't; they just kind of think, well, if you're not D one, then you weren't worth it. Yeah, so you're yeah, so you're kind of familiar, like. Like, our school, like, doesn't have the fancy, like, technology, like, equipment, weight room, all that kind of stuff. Like, even, like, the training staff, like, we don't, you know, it's not, it's not all peaches and cream there. So, it's definitely, like, you're getting it out of the mud there. So, that's what I kind of, like, appreciated it the most, you know. And, like, like, the coaches and just the atmosphere there just really taught me about, like, a lot about myself and, like, what football really meant to me. Like, before... I really chose Delve out because of the success they had, like the winning standard that they had, because I wasn't used to that before college. So I wanted to be a part of a winning atmosphere. You know, like I can honestly say that coming out of there, I I know what it feels like to win. I know how to win and I know what it takes to win, you know. So I think that's like pretty important. Like those three things are important to like taking your game to the next level here. So. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate for that. You are a wide receiver. Seeing your collegiate career wasn't televised for everyone to see. Can you take a moment and share your strengths and style of play? My strengths are that, obviously, my speed. I think that's like what anybody could really say off the first glance of me playing. But I think I'm very versatile. Like I'm tall enough. I'm 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 long enough to play on the outside, and I'm fast enough to play on the inside. I think that could be used very well in in like a lot of different offenses. I can I can play special teams. I'm I'm fast enough, I'm quick enough, agile enough to do return duties. And I would say that my routes are are real crisp too. Like I can really run the whole tree as needed. Slot outside routes, it doesn't really matter. I can really do it all in my opinion. That's pretty important, especially in these alternative leagues, because yeah. what we see is uh, smaller rosters, and in a lot of cases, they look for those kind of hybrid players, guys that can kind of play more than one particular role. And in your case, it looks like or sounds like you are capable of playing inside-outside special teams, so that definitely would be a strength for you 
in yeah, the alternative I, world. And I would also say, like, honestly, like, my biggest strength, like, it has nothing to do with, like, receiver abilities is, like, my work ethic, though. Like, like part of the reason why I I didn't get recruited like that out of high school was because of my, my weight and my size really was a, a big deterrent for me. You know, like, everybody knew I could play football, but it was just, a, like, an overlying question of me, like, being physically able to play. So, like, I graduated at 120 pounds. I've talked to a lot of different coaches at the higher level, but nobody really wanted to take a chance on me or, like, treated me as, like, a project. So, yeah, I graduated 120 pounds. Like, even DelVal was kind of, like, hesitant at first. But, like, you know, shout out to Coach Duke Greco, my head coach for all four years. But he just saw something that, you know, I guess not everybody saw. Like, so... You know, I, I went in at 125 pounds and I graduated like 180, you know, like I put in the time, I put in the, all that time in the weight room on the field. And it's crazy. Cause like I gained all that weight and all that muscle and I got faster, you know, like I got quicker on my routes and all that. So, you know, I just, it's really like a testament to me. Like, like if I wanted, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out and get it. So. You're six foot, if I remember your profile. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So you were a buck twenty, six foot tall, coming out of high school, or were you? Did you grow? Yeah, I was probably like maybe like a little. I was probably like two inches shorter, maybe. Because I was gonna say I was five ten, three quarters, one hundred forty pounds as a soccer player, and that was a big knock against me, as I was just too yeah. skinny, and I'm thinking. If you're a buck twenty, buck twenty-five, leaving high school, and even if you're at five ten, that's still on the very thin side. Yeah, I could see that concern. What a lot of people don't realize, though, is that these D one programs have all these facilities. Even they have special cafeterias for their football programs, and D three programs don't have it. So for you to gain the weight like I did, I gained up to one eighty-three as a soccer player, but you had to gain it from one twenty, one twenty-five as a football player, that's, you know, very different when we don't have those type of facilities at D3 programs. Yeah. So it's a lot more dedication that goes it's in actually at the D3 level than people realize. Yeah, for sure. Like you don't have the, like the nutritionist that the division one programs have, like the luxury of that, the, um, just like, even like the, the money and stuff, like the meals and stuff, you know, like, and like the information behind it all, like I really didn't have a lot of that. So, you know, well, I was sharing on another show, another interview I did, that you know D ones have a totally different budget, and I bet you when they're out on the road, they're eating steaks. Well, D three, uh-huh. it's more McDonald's budget. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, it's funny. a lot of pizza, pizza and subs. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And, <laughs> it's and real. Gatorade and water. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It's not glamorous, but you're playing the game that you love, and you are yeah, striving towards your goal. So that's what matters. Yeah, you're playing the game, and I'm, like, again, like I said it before, like, I'm just fortunate to have the coaches that I had, you know? Like, they really take this game seriously, especially at a Division three level, because, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that, you know, don't take the game as serious. It's just, like, for fun, but not at DelVal. Like, they take it as serious as it can get. So winning means everything to that program, and I'm just glad I was able to just just play there and, like, learn from it, you know? I, like, it's going to help me out so much in the upcoming road. 
From your time at Delaware Valley University, did you earn any honors, receive any invitations to any senior bowls? Yeah, so I played in the Podium Bowl in Miami, Florida, and I played in Dream Bowl in Virginia. What were those experiences like? I really liked the, um, I like both the bowls. What, what was different at the uh, Podium Bowl in Miami? They had like a combine. It was almost like a pro day type of sequence that they had before. It was because it was like a three day, four day event. So like the first day, it was like they did like the combine drills and stuff like that, like routes and stuff like that. And after that, you know, they did the practices and then the final game. But I would say like just being finally being in front of like some, like some NFL and like professional scouts, you know, doing the drills and the combine drills was definitely like an eye-opening experience. Were me. you aware of what particular scouts were there? Like National Football yeah, League, so, USFL, XFL? Yeah, so it was like, it was NFL scouts. I know after I ran my, my 40, I was talking to the um the Broncos scout. I want to say there was some, um, some scouts from Europe, CFL scouts. I kind of forget the rest of them, but I just know that there were, you know, there was a couple um, NFL teams there and like CFL teams and like other leagues from outside the U.S. And what was their feedback? I mean, you mentioned you talked to the uh, Broncos. Yeah, so. like he liked he liked how I ran. I ran well, which isn't like kind of a surprise to me because like I'm not trying to sound like arrogant or anything like that, but that's like kind of my game right there is my speed. But he like he liked how I ran and. I haven't heard too much from it, but yeah, he just, he just liked how I ran in my 40. He thought I ran well. Uh, I mean, it's cool. You even had that interaction. I, you know, some people yeah, probably it was, don't. It was definitely like, I was, I was more excited than surprised. Just finally, like, I'm finally getting like, you know, noticed, talked about a little bit. Like I'm, I'm finally making a, an impression on somebody. So, you know, it's motivating in itself. There seems to be a stigma for players who haven't played in Division One Power 5 schools. How do you go about ridding oh, yourself yeah, of sure. that stigma and proving you're just as good of a player, if not better, than those players? Yeah, that's the biggest. I feel like that's the biggest argument they have against, like, small school players. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping I get into the XFL because that's going to eliminate everything, right? You know, I'm starting to play against like these bigger schools, you know, and even at the podium bowl and all these other bowls in the other bowl I went to, there's high end division uh, two teams, division one teams or players from those teams. And it's like my game never fell off. So I know I can play at the next level. It's just trying to get these other people from these professional leagues to think that I can play. So I think that the XFL is going to be my first opportunity to show these people that I can play football. So that kind of segues right in. I was going to say, I'm not aware of any professional playing experience. So I take it you haven't played arena or overseas football. No, I haven't. I was, this whole process has been kind of like roller coastery, I would say. Cause like, I thought it was going to be way more smoother than this. I thought that I was going to get a pro day. I thought, that after I got my pro day, I was going to get a little bit of more buzz than I already had. So then I wouldn't have to do arena. And I was going to get a, eventually like a rookie mini camp tryout or something, but it never really happened like that. And 
I could have did arena, but it was like two things. Like I had a job, I have a job that pays well, like more than arena. And I just didn't want to risk an injury or anything like that because I knew like leagues like the XFL were coming up. So I'm trying to just like playing the, uh, the waiting game right now. So, well, it's all a gamble, right? I mean, in some yeah, way it, it, you're it betting is. on yourself for the, uh, the XFL or a league like that level versus an, an arena team. So that makes sense. I mean, you're just, you're yeah. going all in on the XFL. Yeah, I am going all in. I'm throwing all my chips in and I just, I really didn't want to chance anything with the arena league or the Europe league. I know it's good experience for sure, but I don't, I don't think I was ready to take that chance yet. Like, I know I can play in that league. Like, there was a couple teams that wanted me, but I wasn't I wasn't ready to just to take that risk yet. I was just trying to play my cards more safe and just, you know, put my money on the XFL or, like, even, like, the USFL. Like, I'm not naive. Like, if, like, say, like, I don't get into XFL or, like, the USFL, like, I'm probably going to play in arena. I might give it a more of a, a look than what I already did or even, like, overseas because I'm, I'm just not ready to give it up yet. So... I told myself I was going to give it all I have and pretty much give it all I have and not look back. And if I don't make it, I don't make it. But at least I can say that I gave it all I had. So let's just see where it takes me. Right. And I know like, and I know like my chances of getting the XFL, it's like, cause if you take my resume for what it is, it's, it's probably like one, one like the lower end of the totem pole. You know, I don't have, the spring league experience i don't have the x uh, the previous xfl league experience like i don't have any professional experience besides division three i get it so your chips are all in on the xfl did you participate at any of the xfl showcases no see that's the the real funny thing so i did the anc combine in may it was may 28th in georgia which was the last one i made the hot list after I made the hot list, like a week later, I was like emailed by um, director of personnel, play, uh, player personnel uh, person. Doug and Whaley? Just, nah, not Doug Whaley. Oh, gotcha. His, okay. name, his name was Mark Lillibridge. I was, he he emailed me. He wanted to see a couple games from my, um, from my senior year. And he basically told me after he sees it, he'll just evaluate it. And if he likes it, he'll recommend me for a draft evaluation invite and if he doesn't i won't get one <laughs> so after i gave him the film or he watched the film he liked it he said he was going to recommend me for an invite and then like a week later maybe like a week week and a half later i was given a um, a draft invite from the xfl so you're fortunate to actually have had that footage because there's a lot of d3 guys lower end guys that struggle to have actually game footage to turn over to scouts yeah. or executives so you're fortunate to actually have had that yeah because without it you'd be in a totally different situation right now oh yeah for sure so it's awesome that you received that i noticed you had posted it back on what was it july 16th so that you got it early you're one of the earlier guys despite what was still going on with all the showcases and whatnot so are you represented by anybody uh, uh evolution sports agency yeah, they're representing me. Uh, my agent's name is Larika Scott. How has he and the agency 
helped you in the pursuit of achieving this goal? Has things changed drastically now that you're represented by them compared to how things were before you had representation? Oh yeah, for sure. Like he's just putting me on the map. He's, you know, giving these teams, uh, just, just promoting me more, just sending my film out to the teams and just trying to play the game. Just trying to expose my level of play and the stuff I can do. And we're just waiting. It's pretty much the waiting game right now. Like, you know, like you see like there's and stuff like that going around uh, different teams. There's just opportunities that we're just waiting for to have. So we're really just sitting back waiting. And, you know, sometimes because he was telling me that, like, sometimes for these videos and stuff like that, because I'm supposed to send him videos and stuff and me running routes, just doing different drills and stuff like that. Sometimes they like videos, sometimes they don't. So it's like hit or miss. Sometimes they didn't like what you did the other day, but you, you go out there the next day, you did some different stuff and they like it and you get a shot. So I'm really just I'm really just putting my head down right now, just working out, training and just put myself in the best possible position to when the opportunity does come. So speaking of training, have they altered your whole trading regiment? No, no, I'm not really getting, um, trained by them. I'm pretty much doing my own training. Gotcha. It hasn't failed me yet. So. Oh, right. If it's I not know, broke, don't fix have, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I have a, I have a really good friend that, that, that trains me too. Like when I was doing the ANC combine, I have a, um, a speed specialist trainer, I guess, I guess, I guess you would say. So I was working with him a lot before the uh, ANC event on the 28th. So that's who I kind of like work with, like my speed and just like my overall like health and stuff. So that's kind of who I go to. You mentioned you have a really good job outside of, you know, football. So if you don't mind, yeah. what are you doing outside of football? Whether it's I wouldn't say it's the best job, but like it pays the bills and it does what I need it to do. I'm a um mental health technician at this behavioral health center. So oh, that's cool. That's kind of what I do when I'm not playing football. So any other hobbies or anything keep you busy or is it pretty much work and then the grind just trying to make your it's, dream happen? It's honestly it's just been working the grind. I don't have really time for anything else. Gotcha. So, you know, when I'm not at work, I'm on the field. And when I'm not at, like, on the field training, I'm at work. <laughs> so, you know, I hope, I mean, hopefully it changes, you know, in the next couple of months. But that's what it's been for me. So you may not be aware of this, but I have had an XFL executive on the show before. So I typically provide each of my guests an opportunity or a last plea, if you will. If an XFL coach or coaches, key staff members were to tune into this episode, what is there about you that is vastly unknown that you'd like them to know about you? And why should they select you and ultimately give you a roster spot over another player? I think Put, it, I know I'm putting you on the spot, man. This nah, is not a spot, good, but you're good. I'm, I'm just going to try and speak from the heart right here. So I think an XFL executive what they should know about me is that they're going to get a guy that loves the game of football, that's willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win. He's going to step outside of his comfort zone 
and do things that he might not think he's able to do, but he's going to do it to the best of his ability. And they're going to get a grinder, a guy that loves to win football games and do whatever it takes to, you know, to do whatever it takes to win games and please the crowd. So, and he's also going to get an electric flying player too. So a player that's like real, real exciting to see. I make, I make plays so you know i know it's going to make the fans happy it's going to make everybody that's watching happy and to answer your your next question i feel like they should select me over another player because i'm dependable i'm accountable and i feel like i'm just a game changer for whatever team i would go to i make plays like i said before and I feel like I would contribute to any team I would go to because there's a lot of good guys, I'm sure, in this in this league. But what separates me, again, is my work ethic and in my IQ of the sport. You know, I mean, I, I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. I'm not stupid. I know the game. Yeah, I just feel like that would help me contribute to any team. Aaron, it has been a pleasure, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on this show and talk with me about your journey and your XFL draft invitation. I hope that you do get selected into the XFL. And more importantly, I hope you make a team's roster and play in the league in 2023. If so, I'd love to have you come back on again sometime, and perhaps we can discuss how the team's progressing and just you. Sure. I can't wait to be back. I always offer my guests an opportunity to kind of plug their social media. So if some of our listeners wanted to follow you in your journey, where could they do so? So my Twitter handle is Aaron underscore N7. And my Instagram is Aaron with three N's underscore 10 underscore. Perfect. Thank you, Aaron. No problem. Have a good rest of your day. All right. You as well. I find Aaron's journey and situation interesting. Seeing his collegiate experience and lack of professional career has not hindered him from receiving a draft invitation, despite not participating at a showcase, is proof that the XFL are indeed leaving no stone left unturned. For the players who tune into this show and follow me on social media, this is why you need to continue grinding. Even if you are not participating at XFL events, do not give up. Someone is always watching, and you never know who they network with. Unfortunately, we do not have any Let's Talk XFL fan line messages this week. If you have a comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to Let's Talk XFL fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Let's Talk XFL. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you're interested in checking out our friends over at Royal Retros by 503 Sports, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, Let's Talk XFL, for 10% off your purchase. 
Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.